What could the human achieve if every aspect of their being had been optimized? Fully. Their physiology, psychology, love and lovemaking, motivations, behaviors, quality of their thoughts, spirituality, toughness, pleasure, nutrition, ambition, biology. What would such a human look like? This is the question we intend to explore in this podcast, the great human experiment, and yes, that is a bit of a pretentious title, but I nevertheless think this is an important topic to discuss, an important topic to explore, just what could we be given the right circumstances, given the right information? We will invite professors, professionals, masters of the field into the studio, trick them into telling us all of their secrets to living not a good, but a great life, a life of merit and meaning and hopefully become ever so slightly greater humans with each episode. And well, as I'm sure we will, but if in any of these episodes we fail at this rather lofty task, well, we've got a good store of whiskey sitting right beside us to tide us through. My name is Tony Butler. I have a background in psychology, cognitive neuropsychology, and I currently work in tech and code. I became fascinated with this question during my bachelor's, when I sat in a dusty but beautiful library and read a book called The Father Reaches of Human Nature by the humanitarian psychologist Abraham Maslow. Maslow was a very interesting figure in the field of psychology. Um, he contributed a lot in therapeutics by uh, developing the field of, of humanist uh, therapeutic techniques and, and, and philosophy, but he also did a lot of work into the fundamental motivational structures of, of the human condition and what we look like at the very edges of the human condition. He conducted a lot of his work during the swinging 60s and just prior to that and a lot of the topic matter he discusses really reflects that. Um, you might have heard of him from his very famous Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. If you haven't, then briefly, imagine an enormous pyramid. Each layer of this pyramid represents a different motivational structure, and each one is ever more abstract, but you eventually culminate at the very tip of this pyramid in a self-actualization, the most human uh, aspect. So, beginning at the bottom, you have physiological needs. So, imagine you're stuck in a desert. What would you need to survive? So, food, water, sleep, clothing, this kind of stuff. Above this layer, you have safety. So physical safety, uh, psychological safety, employment, resources, health, these kind of things. Above this you have love and belonging, so familial or fraternal bonds, connections and intimacy. Above this, esteem, so esteem of your colleagues and friends, but also self-esteem, recognition, strength, um, a kind of ever more abstract aspect of being human, but one that we can all universally recognize. And right above this, at the top of this motivational pyramid, uh, Maslow posits the self-actualization uh, layer. So here he's talking about the desire for or the active engagement in the, the highest aspects of your being. So whether that be a master painter painting his greatest work or the novelist completing their, or in, in the throngs of writing their best bit of poetry, whatever. Now, there's an aspect of this that people get wrong in their interpretation. So it's not necessary to satisfy every single condition of each previous rung of this motivational structure to reach the next. So, for example, while it is true that a person who doesn't have enough water for the day is hardly likely to be worried about writing that fantastic novel of theirs, it is probably true that someone who might, for example, lack 
an aspect of love and belonging in the sense of not having very many close or intimate friends might be able to kind of skip that step and and uh, apply their talents to self-actualization by trying to write that fantastic book of poetry so you don't need to satisfy every aspect of this but it sure helps and this is where this podcast really uh, fits in the idea is to focus in on all of these aspects of, of this kind of motivational structure and here we're using Maslow's hierarchy as a good emblem because it's, it's very useful um, and, and a lot of people know about it but there are a lot of other theories of motivation and we're trying to work our way around these and try and streamline and optimize all of these aspects of being human such that we can enjoy ourselves more we don't strictly want this podcast to be a encyclopedia of how to be the most um useful or, or industrious robot to create whatever you want rather the entirety of it how to live the good life or a great life and how to love best and how to create your your, your favorite work how to eat the best food and be in the best body like there's a lot of aspects to being human and and we intend to cover as much of it as we possibly can now where I think Maslow's genius really starts to breathe isn't in his discussion of the most foundational structures of, of the human experience in terms of motivation, though, of course, like his, his work on this was certainly profound, but rather when he starts asking the questions about what the human was capable of at his father's reaches, at the very fringes of his, his experience. In The Father Reaches, the book, he discusses peak experiences, plateau experiences, and self-actualization, rather fringe topics academically speaking to be sure but they are nevertheless of vital importance while lying slightly out of the scope of the current conversation peak experiences are he describes as being experiences where you are lost within the moment you are actively engaged in in something so meaningful to you that you consider a loss of fear time starts to fall away from you it's a transcendent experience a lot of people have taken this to mean strictly a psychedelic experience. One on drugs, right? I would argue that's not strictly the point, nor was it what he was really aiming at if you read some of his work, but I would argue that you can certainly have this kind of experience as well. For example, if you do MDMA and talk to someone, you can have a kind of peak like, connection with someone. It's a very powerful experience. The second is something we call... Uh, plateau experiences so they lack the emotional import of these peak experiences and they're not quite as severe in their portent but there's a sense of like kind of noetic peace about them they last a lot longer like imagine a kind of peaceful meditation over a kind of a, a rave type experience that they're two different things but nevertheless prescient in the, in the human condition and last he talks about self-actualization which is really the meat and two veg of what we're looking at here But beyond this, I found his approach to be the most challenging and and the thing that really stuck with me. To question these difficult and often very nebulous topics and to really look at them and think about them. And it's this question of what the human could be that really stuck with me. So I imagine, like many of you, that I've laid awake in bed at night in that strange place between wakefulness and sleep where your thoughts aren't really your own and they have a kind of dream-like quality to them and they kind of take you on a bit of a ride, right? That you can't 100% control. And I've often been jolted awake from this state by the thought of, 
I'll not get to experience what life, culture, innovation, or, or, or thought will be like in a hundred years' time. I will die soon. I, I, I hope not too soon, but it's an eventuality, and I will miss out on innumerable innovations and, and, and advances in the human condition. What will we look like in a hundred years' time? A thousand? Will we even recognize ourselves if we if we were transported 10,000 years into the future and plopped down where Trafalgar Square lays today. And, of course, working under the hypothesis that we won't look like the galactic equivalent of a smoking crater, what does this mean for us? What does the human experiment has yet to come? And, perhaps most pressingly, what could we do to hasten this biopsychocultural evolution? And can we at all? Or are we just doomed to wander the earth like genetic homunculi in our little scope, doomed to be laughed at by the far-flung generations the same way that we today say laugh at Neanderthals? Very innovative and interesting creatures in their own right, but simplistic and limited in scope. While being laughed at by future generations is, I'm afraid, already a foregone conclusion, not least because now future historians won't need to look into dusty libraries to find pictures of their ancestors, rather, they'll simply need to log onto Facebook to see their dear old great-grandmother twerking. What I think is also certainly true with this uh, radical advancement of innovation is that we live in an age of unprecedented freedom of information and possibility, truly. Never before has the human experiment been so well poised to answer this question of how to live a heightened, optimised, more sensitive life. And we should bear the responsibility of that. Now, I'm sure a good few among you feel, as I do, that this rather lofty goal begs a few not insignificant philosophical questions. Namely, what is great? Who gets to decide that? Am I so quick to decide something that has plagued philosophy and psychology since the inception of the fields? I mentioned cultural evolution. So will this be a political discussion? And I'd like to allay your fears there specifically, Facebook, Twitter, and, and Reddit goers. This won't be a strictly political discussion. You don't need to turn this off and throw this into the electronic burn pile. And lastly, how do I delete all of my twerking videos from Facebook? Now. All of these are certainly pressing philosophical questions to be answered. But they shan't be answered here. I have no intention of creating a, a philosophical manifesto on what I believe is the good and what I believe is the correct political uh, system to, of, of governance. I'm sure a lot of these questions will be answered in the wash, right? We're going to be talking to, when we plan to talk to, a great smorgasbord of different people from different fields, from different modes of thought. They will all come with varying uh, beliefs in almost all of these respects. I'm sure a lot of these topics will come up. However, I believe that this podcast is working at a granular enough level for these things not to make a terrible amount of difference. So for example, if I'm talking to a psychologist about sports motivation, how, how the hell do I get up every day and go running and, and, and be a more healthy and better person? I know this is good for me, how do I do it? We will discuss kind of the implications and the the, the theories and, and evidence behind each of these things as they come to us. Plus, I just can't be bothered to write that goddamn philosophical manifesto. That, that sounds like a lot of work, and frankly, I've, I've got damn better things to do. <laughs> but nevertheless, 
You can find our podcast released every week or every other week, depending on the types of interviews we have and time we have collectively. So please, kick back, relax, and come and join us on this great human experiment. And FYI, if you want to delete those twerking videos, you uh, click the little curry under the video and click delete. <laughs>